You're listening to From Fear to Love. I'm your host, Alma Lee. It doesn't happen very often, but it has happened in the past where I will be sitting around having a having conversation, hanging out with my girlfriends, and somebody will inadvertently say something that offends me. Uh, something out of turn or unfair or based in prejudice or bias or insulting unfairly. Anyway, I've been in those situations where I have held my girlfriends accountable. And I've been held accountable for opinions that my friends, my girlfriends do not necessarily share. This has never been an issue. This has never been an issue. Um, I've gotten into arguments with my girlfriends that we, we came back from and we worked out. But it's never been an issue for me to hold my, my girlfriends, specifically my girlfriends and my guy friends on occasion, accountable for shitty behavior or shitty standards or shitty ideals, remarks that are inappropriate. My challenge to you today is I want to, t- <laughs> oh, where the hell do I begin? So I was uh, invited to listen in to a, uh, I guess you could call it a video cast. Uh, it's like a podcast, but it was a video of uh, some folks that are attached to my social media through my, uh, my Alma Lee show page. So I have a, a talk show, the Alma Lee show, and I'll, I interview a lot of notable notables on my show. And as a result, my social media is interspersed with a variety of colorful characters. So I got invited to listen in or watch a, a video cast last night. So I did. I had a few moments to kill. And so I clicked on the link. And, um, when, you know, I sat there for a few moments watching. Uh, it was a, a video cast of some local musicians in the Charleston area. Or I assume they were in Charleston. They may not have been, actually, now that I think about it. They may have actually been in all parts of the country. I don't I, I don't think, you know, because I wasn't on camera. So at any rate, I'm observing the dialogue between these gentlemen and you know at every turn there was one individual that was you know bitch this and these bitches and you know man fuck those bitches and then the guys are laughing and I'm sitting there I'm like do you not know that you're not the only ones observing this video cast you're not now I work on camera a lot and I know that the, the dynamic of being on camera and knowing that people are observing you that there it's a different it's a different paradigm it's it's a different shift there's a different energy you have to sort of act and do and say the thing that is going to you know not disrupt or upset the apple cart right but here's my thing and and I want to approach this from a space of empathy compassion understanding But most of all, I want to enter into this conversation with a mindset of challenging encouragement. As I'm watching this, and and this is not the first time that I have been witness to this. Um, I used to be in the military. I used to be witness and privy to, if you will, what what an advantage, to that locker room talk, that locker room mentality on disparaging women when you think there are no women around because that's what was taking place in this this conversation last night and you know I could I could really choose to be pissed off about it but what does anger solve and nothing anger solves nothing I was really upset at the fact that I recognized uh, two individuals on camera 
that I know personally, and I was really surprised that they were buying into the dialogue. I was saddened, actually, that they were engaging in this, this, this freedom of expression in the, you know, degrading dialogue toward women. So here's my challenging point is what, what does it take to get the, the conversation to uh, go into a healthier space? What is it, you know, I mean, maybe I'm asking a question more so than delivering information in this episode because I don't understand how a man, a real man with a spine, a man who has intestinal fortitude, a man who is aware of his manhood, who, who has courage, can sit in a conversation, especially a conversation on camera, and willingly laugh and interact and tolerate the type of conversation that I was witness to last night. So my challenge to anyone listening to this is, do you engage in that locker room talk when you think no one else is around? Because I will tell you this, that, my friend, is a dem- it's a demonstration of your integrity. What you tolerate in mixed company and what you tolerate in uh, little pockets of your population, your like-minded people, if you will, your tribe, what you tolerate is your integrity. In my opinion, if you're not speaking up and defending the people who can't speak, then you're just as guilty as the person who is spewing the rhetoric. It saddens me that in this day and age, in the year 2022, that there are mentalities out there of people who will sit and degrade women because they're unaware or uninformed that women are watching, that women are aware. Is it more difficult for men to challenge each other when they have these conversations? I don't know. I'm not a man. I know what I stand for and I have regret. In fact, I can think of one specific occurrence that happened in my home several years ago where I had a guest uh, make a, a racist statement and I did not properly challenge it. But I would, I would absolutely kick that person or anyone out of my home or, the, or I would leave the conversation if it didn't take place in my home. If someone used disparaging language of, you know, a person of another race or gender or uh, their sexuality, I would absolutely challenge that. I can't go to sleep at night knowing that I didn't say something in defense of somebody who is considered a, mar- a marginalized person in our society. That's just who I am. And I challenge you to stop and think about it. This, having these conversations just because that particular part of the population is not witness to it doesn't matter. Because if you're allowing that mindset to, you know, to, to continue, you're missing out on an opportunity of challenging someone else to grow. You are saying through your inaction that it's okay. You're tolerating it. That's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. You know, at some point in time, we've all got to grow up. And I've made mistakes. I'm not on a high horse sitting over here saying that I'm going to express this wisdom to you as somebody who is in the mental health community and shake my finger angrily at you, you know, proverbially speaking through this podcast episode and tell you that you're a bad person because you tolerate shitty behavior from your friends. That's not this at all. That's not, that's not what I'm trying to say here. I'm turning on the flashlight. I'm turning on the floodlight to this 
you know, and, and I'm, I'm very animated about it because it, it saddens me as a mother. And I understand that, you know, I have clients who engage in this type of behavior and that's my responsibility as a steward of mental health to encourage people to do better. But knowing that the people, especially these two individuals that I know that were on camera are fathers. <laughs> They're fathers. They have children and they are tolerating other people. They're laughing when other people are degrading and disparaging women. And I will tell you this much, um, being the, um, you know, the host of, of the Alma Lee show, if this individual who was degrading women comes at me and, and expresses a desire to be on my talk show, you bet your sweet ass I'm going to challenge him to defend his actions on screen. And I, you know, I will allow him to decide on how uh, we're going to move forward because I'm not going to sit here and say there's no way in hell that I would have that person on my show. I think it would be a great show, actually. But I would definitely have a conversation with him first and ask him, what the hell were you thinking? And I would be very interested in hearing how he would go about defending himself. Would he defend himself angrily with me and say, you know, you're just part of the problem. You know, you're a bitch too or whatever. Or maybe he'd be like, you know what? You're right, Alma. I shouldn't have done that. I wouldn't talk about that. I wouldn't talk about my mother that way. Why would I talk about other women? You know what, Alma, you're right. You're challenging me to think. You're challenging me to blah, 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 so on and so forth. I mean, ideally, that would be per in the perfect world, but right? Why do men do that? And I say men, I'm pointing the finger at men because I've seen this happen time and time again where it's like this brotherhood mentality where nobody wants to get called out. Nobody wants to be that guy that, oh man, you know, he... You know, he hurt, he, he, you know, he embarrassed so-and-so when he said that, man, you know, that's how it is. We just do that stuff. That's not, we're just kidding. We're just kidding. You know, I, I've said it before and it's almost like, you know, racist dialogue is not tolerated, but sexist dialogue is. Why is that? Why is hurtful, degrading commentary tolerated in closed circles of people why aren't we demanding better of ourselves and I'm not here to disparage men I'm not here to point the finger at men I you know I'm really proud of my son he's 23 and you know he's a human being I'm certain that he's made mistakes but he challenges me all the time you know with philosophies that might be somewhat you know outdated in, in mindset and he holds me accountable and that's the only way I would want it to be as a mother is for my children to look at me and to see areas and opportunities for my own personal growth and improvement through their eyes. Anyway, I feel like that means that I've done a good job as a mom and I don't want to go through life being inauthentic and tolerating shitty behavior in the conversations that I have that I think are somewhat protected locker room talk. No, you know, I, I said it uh, a few days ago. Someone uh, made a, a, a joke about gay people. And I looked at him and I kind of cocked my head to the side. And I said, you know, that's not really necessary for you to say things like that, right? And I do want, when I do challenge people, I'm not trying to, you know, create a, a, a fight, a brawl. 
But I am trying to let them know that I'm not going to sit around and, and, and tolerate, you know, I can't change your, I can't change your, your mindset. I can only challenge what I'm going to tolerate when I'm in your presence. And so that's what I welcome you to do today. I would welcome you to consider in the future how you're going to move through that because I'm not, I'm not trying to shame anybody. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. Although if that is the outcome and that is the sort of the motivator, if you will, that, that makes you consider changing your behavior, then I guess that's, that's a benefit, right? Is, you know, making you feel bad about your actions is, is kind of that conflict that you need for change. Comfort is the enemy to growth. If you're comfortable being sexist and nobody's challenging you, why are you going to change that? If it's tolerated, why move out of that space? Why grow? Why evolve? Why do better? Unless somebody tells you, stop doing that shit. Just stop it. We have enough problems as it is. Don't you want to do better? Don't you want to support, encourage, and demand better behavior from your, from your brothers and sisters, from your friends, your coworkers, your colleagues, your neighbors? Don't you feel like you hold a responsibility to challenge these people to think and feel differently? I understand that a lot of people are not comfortable with conflict. I get it. I totally understand that. But when you avoid conflict and you allow shitty behavior to be pervasive, especially in the same circle of people that you hang out with, then when does it stop? When does it stop? Does it stop when they're specific about a person that you care about? Is that, is, is that your marker? Is that what is, you know, required in order for you to step in and say, hey, don't do that? Why can't it just be people in general? Why can't you demand better behavior from your friends? Why do you tolerate it? I'm disappointed. I think you can hear it in my voice. I'm disappointed that... I was invited to this conversation, ironically, by a woman <laughs> uh, who, who had sponsored this conversation, this, this uh, video cast. And I thought, okay, let me jump in. And it just blew my hair back because I couldn't believe the way that they were, you know, laughing along. Yeah, man, these bitches, man. You know, fuck these bitches. Man, fuck her, man. Really? Really? I, I, does it have, do do we have to have a name in order to have value? You know, this is the problem. And this is what, this is the behavior that needs to be challenged is in our society, for the most part, women are seen as trophies. We're seen as objects. And I'm just going to call it like I see it. I've done this work for several years now. And I know that the underpinnings of the dynamic where women and men in relationships, women are seen, their value is seen as their age, their height, weight, um, sometimes their ethnicity. And that's where we get our value when we are objectified. Now, I am not saying that all men objectify women by any stretch of the imagination whatsoever. None at all. Not at all. There are a lot of really thoughtful, intelligent men who lean into their courageous integrity and hold people accountable for shitty behavior when they are witness to it. There are a lot of people out there. And my hat's off to you. I acknowledge you. And I thank you for standing up when we can't stand up for ourselves. And demanding better. 
Can't we just can't we just ask you to demand better of your friends, especially when we're not around? Can we do that? Can we ask you to stand up and do the right thing? I believe the majority of men in these situations, these conversations with other men where men degrade women and they speak poorly of women, I believe that most men know it's wrong. They just don't speak up. They choose to allow it because they don't want to be subjugated to the same degradation later on when they're not present. Or they don't want to be removed from the circle or they don't want to be labeled as problematic or confrontational. But at what at, to what end? You're going to allow people to be shitty people just for the sake of being around them? Why would you want to be around somebody who doesn't express a generalized sense of respect for women? Now, you know what? And, and here's the other side of that coin. There are women out there who do not behave in respectful ways. I get it. I totally get that. I understand that. I've worked with them. I've tried to be friends with them. I understand that completely. But it is not about them. You got to understand that. When you defend a group of people, it has nothing to do with the people. It has everything to do with you. When you tolerate racist and sexist remarks from other people and you allow it and you don't challenge it, that's a reflection of your integrity. That's the disappointing thing. That's what disappointed me greatly last night when I was watching the video cast was they didn't say anything. They didn't click their camera off. You could have easily just turned the camera off when it, when it got that way. You could have just said, you know what, you know, make everybody else think that you're having technical difficulties and then give that guy a call later and, and chew his ass out. Dude, I can't believe you did that shit on camera. That's why I turned my camera off. I left the interview. I didn't tell you why I was leaving. I left the interview because I, I'm not going to have my name and my face and my reputation associated with your bullshit. It would have been real easy for those two gentlemen to do that, but they didn't. They sat there and they laughed along. And it saddens me. I'm just, see, I'm here, I'm but one person. There are, the universe presents us with opportunities for growth all the time. All we have to do is pay attention. All we have to do is pay attention to our gut and what that uncomfortable feeling is and to slow down and say, you know what, this doesn't feel right. Because I guarantee you that my friends, the, the gentlemen that I, that I knew that were uh, in that video cast last night, these are good men. They really are. Um, they made a mistake by not challenging that behavior. I didn't know the person who was running his mouth, but if he comes at me in, on social media wanting to be on the show, you better, you bet you, you better believe I'm going to ask him about his comments. And the funny thing is, is that I found the recording today, so he can't deny them. He can't say that he didn't say it. It's, it's recorded. So I'll challenge him. He might be an interesting person to have on there, and he might have more to say about it. You know, it might make for an interesting television show, especially as a means of personal growth for people who are watching, because ultimately that's what I do on that talk show anyway. But I challenge you, the listener, that if you are in a, a climate, a, an environment with other people that you hang out with, that you enjoy their company, and maybe they're lifelong friends. Hell, they might be people you've known all your life. I encourage you to consider how you're going to handle unhealthy, harmful, degrading dialogue when it comes to the discussion of other people. And here's the thing, you're, you're not responsible for changing other people. You are responsible for enforcing healthy boundaries 
by what you will and will not tolerate in those situations. You can always stand up for people who can't defend themselves by removing yourself and refusing to be present for those conversations. It's not about making somebody else change their behavior. It's about openly expressing that you're not going to remain present in those those conversations, let alone sit idly by and laugh and encourage shitty behavior. I mean, damn, don't, don't encourage it. It's an opportunity to do better. And I think we all should. And I hold myself to a, a high standard. I'm getting better every day. I'm not perfect. I'll never be perfect. I will continue to make mistakes as a human being. That's just, that's a, uh, it's a marker. That's, that's the hallmark of the human experience is to make mistakes. But we, we have to do better, people. We got to do better. We've got to pay attention. We have to grow. Especially when we're bringing more human beings into this world, we have to dust ourselves off. We have to stand up, stiffen our upper lip and our spine. And we have to say, hey, man, you can't do that. We, what are you talking about, bro? We, what do you mean? And I, man, don't be, don't be doing that. That's, that's not cool. Don't, don't talk about women like that. Oh, I see. You're simping, man. You're simping. Yes, I'm simping. Have, have courage. Stand up to these people who feel compelled to degrade other members of society as a means of propping themselves up. Anybody who feels comfortable expressing a degrading position, a, a, a posture that is insulting, defaming of another group of people, is that really somebody that you want to respect? Is that really somebody that you care whether or not they respect you? Is that somebody that has the capacity for respect? All I'm saying today is I challenge you to think about it, to think about how you are moving through life when you have these quote unquote locker room conversations, because it's not about changing other people. It's about holding yourself to a higher standard. And that's all I got to say about that today. From fear to love, this has been an LBM production. Please like, subscribe, and share this show. Thanks for listening.